Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here, Coding with Christine Hall. It is another beautiful Thursday morning here in sunny South Florida. And I am with my very special guest today, John Pazowski. Um, he has so many years experience in general surgery, cardiology, urology. Thanks for being here, John. Well, glad to be here. Uh, again, greetings and salutations. I didn't get to say that. Yes, um, it is It is exciting to be here, and I'm glad to speak about general surgery. Awesome. Uh, I do have to share with my friends, especially my good friend Terry Fletcher, today is National Ice Cream Appreciation Day. Ice cream. Um, you know, anytime I go visiting and traveling different cities, the first thing I do is scope out the nearest ice cream shop. I think that the best thing about being an adult is having ice cream whenever you want to. So, um, wink, wink, guess what I'm having for dinner tonight? Ice cream. Um, and to go with my ice cream, Terry, today is national leggings day. So I think those two just that that's such a perfect marriage, ice cream and leggings, um, especially for women, we live in our leggings. They make us feel really great. So anyway, that's just my little fun for the day. But what I really want to do is introduce you to my friend, John. We've been talking a little bit offline about his incredible journey into general surgery, cardiology, urology. And uh, so, John, would you share with our listeners a little bit of how you got into this industry, a, a female-dominated industry that you are here rocking with us. All right. So I'll, I'll begin way at the beginning. So <laughs> I also lived in Florida for years and years and years and years back before coding. And I was actually studying economics. And I moved up to New Jersey with my wife and her whole family is in healthcare. Healthcare, healthcare. One's a nurse. One's a maintenance person in a nursing home. She's... My wife's a recreational therapist. Now she's in, she does got her license in uh, to be be a social worker. So like everything was clinical. So me, I'm the oddball. And <laughs> I I actually used to work for NASCAR down in Florida. Uh, that was that was my job. I move up to New Jersey. And there's nothing to do. Oh my gosh, how incredible! Yeah. You like to go fast, right, John? Um, nope. Uh, <laughs> Uh, be honest, I do not like auto racing, but you know, Hey, who likes, who has to like their job? So I moved up That's here right. and, uh, there was really no way to transition. So I took a program on, in, in medical building and coding. One of those nine month programs where you're in, you learn the basics and they set you free to the world. <laughs> uh, my, my first job was working for, uh, an internal medicine office doing accounts receivable, just making sure all the bills went out, there was denials, fix them, send bills of patients. Um, there was a, a little lot of bit people start off that way, John. A lot of people, um, they take the first job that gets them in the door so mm -hmm. that they're present when their dream job is available. Yeah. And it was, it, it was a job as a first role, got me experience, got me into access to an ENM system, uh, where I was able to learn how to navigate a computer system. Because when you're in some of these programs, like you don't get a lot of time to spend on an actual working system. You get to read out of the mm -hmm. book and you get, and I think when you actually work it, 
live and in person. Like that's the way to learn. Uh, like roll as you go. Yeah, I learned a lot working denials early on in my my job Um, back in what Jennifer McNamara calls the dinosaur ages. uh, I learned a lot just figuring out what somebody did wrong and how to fix that. Yeah, and and that's how you learn. You learn from trial and error. I also hated working accounts with people. I found out I can do this. I just don't like it, and I'm going to look somewhere else. I found this place just up the road that was a new office. They needed an office manager. And one of the big problems that they had is they had no, they had no internal bill or no coder and they were writing hand notes on paper. So I built an electronic note system for their, um, for their uh, intake, their initial registration, their, uh, the pre-certifications, the actual medical like, notes. Uh procedure do this then do this then do this yes and i built everything from the ground up uh i also got them into electronic billing they were mailing out claims that were print that were that were typed up on a key on a um on a typewriter they actually had the crank one that uh, and i got them uh, to use like any electronic billing software like first time electronic claims and i they saw that they went from having a turnaround of 30 days to like eight days you know, for wow. it was a door. You yeah. took initiative in that practice. Yes. And that's, that's awesome. That's where I, I saw my advantage. Like, I don't know the old way and we're not doing the old way. We're doing the new way because it's all I know. So, um, one of the clients at this practice, uh, once a client, I want to say it's a patient, um, mm-hmm. heard about that because the guy I worked for was like, he would just talk your ear off while he was treating him. And he said, yeah, this new guy, John, he's like, great. And he told somebody and it turns out that they work at a heart and lung hospital. And before I know it, I was, I was, I was hogtied, put in a van and driven off to this heart and lung hospital. And they <laughs> sat me down and here's your desk. Uh, for the next four years, I was held captive reading op notes. And it was great. That was the, that was what I considered the turning point of my, uh, of my career. I'm not billing. I'm not doing office manager work. I'm not doing um, anything administrative. I'm That's now technically what I would say in my field. Like I'm doing what I was, what I learned to do. And it was all documentation. I'm so jealous of that because I think that a, a lot of us, you know, now that we're X amount of years into the biz, um, we all dream that providers would have that person that could handhold them to learn the documentation process there. I mean, that's, that's living the dream as far as I'm concerned. How awesome. Yeah. And I got to see a lot of interesting surgeries and it, again, it, it all was being at the right place at the right time. And that's what a lot of this, uh, when you're looking for a role, like you can look hundreds of places, but you just have to be at the right place at the right time. And you just have to like put the elbow grease out, you know, yeah. put, Put foot to pavement, and that's how I found it. I, when I first got out of the program, um, and I was, I was telling you before this, um, we had a conversation about me being a man in the field, and I don't know if you want me to go through that story. Yes, I would love that because you know, I, I, I know that I teach in different venues, AAPC and local colleges, and you know, the the men to women ratio in this industry is so far off, even if you've ever gone to conference or, you know, this is a female dominated industry. 
and to to have a strong man in the industry make it right it's inspiring it's inspiring to those students so go ahead and tell them that story john that's pretty interesting well it this one might make some of you angry but some might understand the rational behind it but when i went to this program and i had all the paperwork for my student loan taken care of and everything was finalized i go into class the head teacher pulls me aside and says you still have like three days to like cancel your student loan and back out I'm like I, why would i do that i just started I'm, I'm here i drove 45 minutes to get here and she's like do you really want to go through with this i'm like absolutely I want to go through with this i mean why would i you know go through all that heartache of filling all this paperwork and do all this if i'm just going to quit the first day i don't quit um she goes i'm gonna ask you again do do you really want to follow through with this i'm like yes and then she said what blew my mind next she said you're never going to find a job females do not hire men no you're going to be like you're going to be jobless and you're not going to find work and that lit i cannot believe that still like i I would never, ever discourage any of my students, but go ahead. Tell them how you, tell them how you showed her. Well, like it, I, I don't like people telling me no, like, you know, it's don't tell me I can't do something. I, I set my mind to, um, and she said, you're not going to find work. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. The first day after I got, I got my, my diploma or my certificate and it was time to go out and find a work. I put foot to pavement eight hours a day until I found something. I happened to be in the right place at the right time. I was at this internal medicine office, and I was walking door to door. I would go around by hospitals, you know, that had a lot of practice in the area, and I was walk from office to office, drop off resumes in person, not emailing, not doing this, uh, you know, online application. I was like, here's who I am. Here's what I'm done, you know. And I made this one office, and I, I – um. I had my resume and I didn't make it to the front door. Some lady comes peeling out of the back room and she's like pointing people that were leaving because it was a big complex. She goes, are you John? Are you John? Are you John? I'm like, I'm John. She, she goes over here. She pulled me into the, the back door. She goes, here's your desk. <laughs> Apparently their AR, their AR person like quit like 30 minutes ago. Oh my gosh, that yeah. is right place, right time, right moment. Yes, and that's how that's I found incredible. the first job. Interesting story. Um, and I said I was there for a few months, and then I moved on to uh, to a physical therapy office, and then to Harlan Hospital. Spent the next couple of years just pouring over documentation, knowing the ins and outs, reading things, re- reading all the abnormalities they would throw at me. I got to see all these cool surgeries. I got to see a lot of interesting things, things I'm probably never ever going to see again. It's because that hospital did a lot of, um, uh, I don't want to say a cutting and surgery, but for the region, like they're the only place in that area that, that would do these things. High tech so, stuff. Yes. And it was all cardiology and a little bit of a pulmonary. So I did get to see a lot of open thoracic, a lot of vascular, a lot of that. So I got very familiar with that. Uh, when I did when I did decide to leave, I got hired right away as an outline auditor because I got my auditing certification, reading documentation before I got my my actual uh, uh, my actual coding certification from the APC. I was really in, I was a, I was a I was a CPMA 
three years before I was CPC because I was tending That's incredible. Are the documentation and documentation only. I wasn't submitting claims. I wasn't submitting codes. I was just working with the documentation. What's right? What's wrong? What they need to fix? Uh, when I got hired as an auditor, I the way the hired me said you really should need to get your need to get your need to get your your coding certification. Uh, I got the I got that one. Uh, unfortunately, was let go while I was job hunting. I got my cardiology. Uh, certification because why not? What else am I doing? Job hunting, reading right? and coding. Got my cardiology certification. Got hired right away um, at this small hospital in South Jersey that uh, was a. It was a whole new group. It was um, about 80, 80 providers decided they were going to form their own practice and start and start billing. And they needed somebody with a surgical background they like what I had to offer and they said, we need somebody that knows how to do not cardiology. We don't have any cardiologists, but we have a lot of recon surgeons, dermatologists, general surgery. We need someone that's general surgery. Mm-hmm. So it's thrown into it. And I learned, I picked it up. I, I read everything I could on it. I, I studied, I got the certification. And those of you know how certifications work. The first one gets you hooked. Oh Yeah. And but I love that you you went during that time that lull time and you f- took the certification for the job you wanted mm-hmm. and that speaks volumes. I mean, and also the fact that you out of all the different types of certifications, you were like, I'm gonna do cardiology. Like I think you, uh, Terry Fletcher, and maybe Kimberly Jolivet Williams are the only three people that I know that are like, yay, cardiology. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love you for that. Yeah. Okay. It, it, my first, it, <laughs> that's like my home. Cardiology is my home. Like, and that's where I always go back to. And, but I did general surgery and I did for years. And the thing about general surgery, and this is the, um, the way that I got hooked. When you're doing general surgery, it's not like there's, I'm treating one organ system. I'm working on every organ system out there. I get to see orthopedics. I get to see endocrinology i get to see cardiac vascular i get to see a lot of pulmonary there's not one area of general surgery that that doesn't interact with another specialty they do everything so um i got to see a lot of interesting things that i didn't i got to branch just imagine and i'm like doing general surgery i'm like i really like orthopedics and uh, i want to learn this and i picked up orthopedics i'm like so let me ask you a question. Do you ever read an op note and see it happening in your mind? I do. Uh, it's, it's, I'm very visual. I'm not an auditory person. I can't really hear dictation and follow a narrative. But if I, if I read it and I picture my head, like that's how it, I learned by watching a lot of YouTube videos. Like that's my, that was my go-to in the beginning, you know, watching it happen and then reading the note at the same time saying, you know, mm-hmm. I would watch what's video. I would, Pause the clip. I read the note. What just happened? I do that too. And and I always encourage students to do that too. Not to find the graphic ones because that I'm a little squeamish, but we've got a lot of wonderful illustrated procedures that you can watch on YouTube. Hmm. And just like you, I can watch it and then the light bulb comes on. Oh my God, that's code three, three something. You know, Hmm. I can, I can see it happening in real time. So that's a wonderful resource. 
Yeah, it's 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 actually the way the way I prefer to learn surgeries, like new things. I I watch it happen live. Um, I also like to read a lot of other notes to, uh, to compare. Uh, one of the things that I I found in my travels was a lot of transcription sites have imitation op reports that are actual to life surgeries. They're redacted, but like if you want true to life situations and you want to see how there's there's any kind of variation from one note to another, like you go to transcription sites, you can find a whole lot of of op notes that are just ready and waiting to like read. And like if you want to see what's missing or what the ideal note is, I I prefer to go to those. I, I would never have thought about that. Now that you say it, I'm like, duh. But that's incredible. That's another amazing resource mm -hmm. to become familiar with that terminology, become familiar with what it looks like and what it looks like differently. Funny that you mentioned that. Last night I was teaching class and um, the post-operative diagnosis was sleep study. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a diagnosis. But if you look further in the note, there was a separate impression. And that's where we got the, the obstructive sleep apnea. And I said, so it doesn't matter where in the note it is, as long as it's in the note, documented by the provider, um, then we can run with that. So it's not like a, a structured thing. And now that you mentioned going to transcription sites and seeing other ways people document that for me, you just gave me a light bulb moment. I don't know if everybody saw it up there, but it was a big light bulb that came on. So that's just an exceptional tip. Yeah. And if you're, if you're learning a new area, you don't make a mistake live. You read the ob note from a transcription. You try to code from that. And then when it really does happen, then you're ready. I, um, like, like I said, I worked for this group that was, it was brand new. They were building their, they were hiring providers left and right. Like we have general surgeons. We want to hire on some orthopedics. We want to hire a hand surgeon and they're going to be doing this. So I would prepare myself like being ready for them. So when they actually came on, I looked like I knew what I was already doing because <laughs> I didn't want to be like uh, talking to them and have my drool coming down my chin with my mouth open. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I would prepare. And, but there were all times when, when I would be, I would be in a meeting with a doctor and they would tell me something that would just blow my mind. I'm like, I didn't know that that was even a possibility. Dang. It's, I wasn't ready for it. Um, like you see in general surgery, like, you know, a lot of it's wound closure and a lot of it is kind of simple stuff, but occasionally uh -huh. they do things that are just out, out there. And um, we had this one general surgeon who was, who was, um, this was after I was there a year. We bought out his group, and this man was amazing. He was known in the area as like the head of of like uh, that specialty. Yeah, of that specialty. He was well known in the area. He was like a longtime resident, and uh, yeah. he, he was he owned his own business. And when I first met him, we had a very firm handshake. And he looked me in the eye. And he goes, "We're not going to have any issues, are we?" And I said, "Oh, no, and you know that no. does happen sometimes between providers and coders. It does." When when he had his practice, he ran it with an iron fist. When he came on to us, he realized that he didn't have to run it like he used to. There was there were other staff that would assist. He didn't have to do everything himself. When he saw that I was doing and I knew what I was doing, like he became kind of my best friend. And even to this day, like he still calls me and we still like, he asked me questions and like, we became really close. 
he was known for being like a really hard person. Like when he was in in the OR, he was like my my domain kind of person. He came into. But he found confidence in you. He came. He found confidence in our whole team when he came into the office. Like it was like he can relax. He could be he himself, and like we would. Did let he? Him did he help you? Uh, did he invite you to to his procedures? Did he help you with your um, the notes and the way that he was in his structure of the notes? Did, did you find that helpful? Yeah, I I would I would ask him questions like I don't understand what you wrote here. Can you can you clarify? And he would have no problem. He he loved doing it. He loved seeing that people had interest in what he did, not just from the money standpoint, like you know you're Cardinals, but like we like we followed a lot of his work. He did a lot of the heavy heavy lifting. Um, a lot of the heart surgeries. And that's, um, that's one of those things that it's rare. Well, maybe not so rare anymore. I think some of the younger doctors are more willing to sit and chat with us. But the when it comes to those older experienced doctors, it is rare that they're going to sit down and, and um, have that one-on-one. So you were very fortunate in that aspect. And that's inspiring though for other people to to encourage them to sit down and talk with their docs and have them walk you through it. My my good friend Doris Brinker, she does that when she's her, that's her query approach. She'll sit down with the provider and say, "Okay, walk me through this document." Um, and then as a coder, she can say, "This is what you meant to say because that's what you just told me, but this is what you actually documented." So if we if you change the way you document to give me these powerful cues, then that's going to help me a lot as I'm selecting the code that matches that terminology. Yeah. And uh, what he would do is like, he would tell us like this afternoon, I have this surgery, this surgery, this short. Uh, he would tell us what's on his schedule and he would say, what do I need to look out for? I said, well, when you're doing that, when you're doing that wound closure, um, you need to tell us how long the length was. You need dimensions, you know. So right. like, I how, would how the undermining. How was? Yeah, uh, and the, we would um, we'd mention like when you're doing a service, here's the things that you need to make sure that you know. Because a lot of times, like when you're doing a surgery, you're in the moment you're dictating, you don't think about what has to be in there for coding. You just want to get it off your chest and move on to the next case. So <laughs> being able to talk to your provider and having good working relationship with them is like the most necessary thing. If you don't have the ability to, to actually talk to your doctor and they won't talk to you, you're actually setting yourself up to fail. You know, part wow. of the, part of the job is being able to communicate. That's a big challenge. Yeah. And that's the hard part. A lot of doctors don't want, they don't want to talk to underlings. They don't want to talk to their team, but that's not a good practice. Coders and, and, physicians have got to be on the same page and that same page Did is going to be read the new guidelines and see that paragraph that said exactly that i did so and i was in there just because i wanted the show that i read <laughs> no but i just thought that was you know we we say that all the time and you said it it just rolled right off your tongue we've got to work together i thought it was ironic that that icd10 felt that they needed to put that statement in the guidelines, like, come on, everybody, we got to work together in order to select the most appropriate codes. And, and uh, that's a good tool to use if you ever get any kind of uh, a kickback. Doc, we need to talk. Yeah. I don't care if you don't have time. It's in the book. 
<laughs> what other resources do you find to be most helpful um, besides talking with the providers or being able to go into the, the room or, you know, um, you've, you've given us so many great tips today, John, but I was wondering, is there like when you're working and you're coding and you're, you're in your day to day, do you have any specific go-to areas that you just find to be priceless? Like I, I have books that I keep at arm's length and I have websites that are tagged as favorites that I just, I use every day. Yeah. I I use a lot of coding reference books. I use Dr. Z. I use Open 360. I use the AAPC specialty guides. I use Codify. Mm -hmm. But you know what what is really helpful and goes right to the meat of it? The NCCI manual. <laughs> not, I I'm, love I'm, them. I'm, the not, if you want the open resource, and a lot of people don't know this, but it, all those rules about why you can't code this with that are spelled out in the NCCI manual. And it's 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 broken down from like each individual uh, area of the uh, CPT, dermatology, um, orthopedics. Like they have chapter by chapter where it'll, if you're looking for a reason how you can code things together with examples, that is a it's it's a document from Medicare, indisputable, mm -hmm. and it tells That's you why and how to code if certain things happen. And a lot of them are very are very commonplace. It tells why you can't code for radiology with the surgery. Well, because it's built into the code. Right. Um, so the NCCI manual, like if I if I have to go somewhere, I look there first. And then a lot of the coding references will reference it in in their rationale. But if you want yeah. the open source, the, like the NCCI manual, and if you know how to navigate it and learn how to use it and keep it handy, that's like one of the one of the most easy thing to read. You also mentioned Codify and, and um, you know, there's a lot of encoders out there and I've used just about every encoder. Um, what I love about Codify are the crosswalks. Like there are so many crosswalks built in that answer the questions sometimes even before I know to ask them. So uh, that's another resource that I, I just absolutely love. I, I like, when you use Codify, I, I like the NCCI tool because with the NCCI tool, I used to be the person that would open up the NCCI uh, Excel file and I would go through one by one and compare them. And I would, because I'm old school, I would like to be able to do it by hand. But with Codify, it's like if I have a surgery that's like nine procedure codes, <laughs> the thing with this is it'll tell you which one's bundle. And without leaving the page, it'll tell you if you need, you can actually click on one of the, um, on one of the, headings under that code because it tells you all the information what modifier works then which modifier doesn't work it tells right. you everything within the code like you right you add in those codes it brings up not only what's bundled but here's information like you can click on and open the window to read about it there's images there's what i also like and which you will see in the actual occurring references from often 360 from apc mm -hmm. the layman's term what is going to be happening if you were to take the op note and just put the keywords in the list. What, what the key information that that you're looking for? Patient makes an incision to open the thoracotomy. Uh, they open up the pericardium and they do this. They give you the summary of what is going to happen in the surgery. And if you see mm -hmm. that, it's kind of mm -hmm. compare contrast to the op note to make sure that they did everything needed for that code. You're set. And that's what these code references help you with. They give you the um, the 
they can walk you through the process yeah. of the surgery and they tell you what you should be looking for and uh, modifier tips and things like that. With the a APC Codify, you know, there's also links to all the articles about this. So if you- I know. And, and they have articles from all over the place, not just AEPC articles, but they even reference a lot of CMS articles and um, societies and association articles. Um, and I find that to be very helpful because sometimes providers feel, or, or in my experience, providers feel more comfortable with an article from their association or their society that reiterates the same thing that we're trying to explain to them about documentation or a specific code that might fit better than another code or something along those lines. So it's a great reference to just um, capture that information quickly because again, time is of the essence. It, we don't have hours that we can spend on one particular encounter. We need to make sure that we are able to tackle all of the encounters as thoroughly and as quickly as possible to kind of shorten or mitigate that turnaround time. Yeah. And it's, it's always being updated. Like I, I have to say that, uh, that Caitlin and her team did a remarkable job of keeping this. I mean, it's gotta be a tremendous tasks to keep that, that up. Absolutely. Up absolutely. Caitlin Brock is a total rock star. Not going to lie. Um, not my opinion. Total fact comes from the gods. I'm just saying. It's, it's um, so, John, do you have any closing remarks for our friends today that have joined us about um, your passion with general surgery, cardiology, urology, your your path? Some final yeah. words for us? Yeah, final words. If you have, if you're a new coder or you're working in an office where you need coders and you want to fill a void, start them with general surgery. I see a lot of people that say, and I. Uh, you know, E&M is the way to go. But if you're looking to do surgery, begin with general surgery. If you don't, I, I see a lot of questions online. People say, where do I go? You know, I want to go, what, what certification do I need to go with? If you want to break into surgery, start with general surgery. It's like the open buffet of coding. You find where you want to go from there. And that's what happened with me. I took that um, certification for surgery. And next thing you know, I'm taking the GI, I'm taking urology, I'm taking, uh, cardiovascular, I'm taking gastrointestinal. Before I know, I had almost every specialty certification uh, because I got hooked and I'm like shaking because now I can't find any more for me to do. Hiring <laughs> manager and you want to, you want to put your, put your new coders in general surgery and find out what they're better at. And then you say, well, we see that you seem to pick up on orthopedics fairly quickly. Why don't you learn that? Because maybe we'll have you do orthopedics coding, or maybe you know, uh, you know, it's uh, yep. go down, and and general surgery would do it because you get to see everything as it happens, and um, I think that's a good starting point for new coders. And if you're a hiring manager and you're looking for um, for a way to get your coders interested in coding, uh, general surgery just keeps you occupied and keeps you interested because there's always something new. Um, That's incredible advice. I, I, I will second that advice. Um, I think that that's an amazing approach. And, and again, like you said, you, you took the certification for the position that you wanted. So those of you that maybe are struggling to find um, your niche, like John says, try the general surgery. You might be surprised of how well you take to a particular specialty through that certification. 
Um, John, thanks so much for being with us today. You have been amazing. I know that you've inspired a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your subject matter experts that you share with so many people. Um, make sure you have some ice cream tonight. It's the joys of being an adult, right? Uh, so we're going to go ahead and close and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Um, Lexi, do you have a couple? We have a couple of things that we've got coming up that she wants to share with you. Oh, her, she is muted. She can't tell you that tomorrow evening, um, if you can pop that link in the chat there, Lex, that would be great. Tomorrow evening at 6 p.m., um, I'm going to be going over the 2023 ICD-10 uh, changes for, for the year, for those new codes, those 1,178 codes. We're going to be going over those together. So uh, Lexi's putting in a link for you to register for that. If you can't make it tomorrow night because you've got a hot date, you can always catch me on Saturday. I'm going to be doing a repeat with my personal Palm Beach, Florida chapter. We're going to be talking about the exact same thing. So make sure that you register. Um, you're going to get some great information. You're going to get a nice overhead view of all the new codes that are coming out in about eight more days. So I'll see you then, guys. And in the meantime, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.